0: The deflationary economy, usually that's more about the labor market than it is consumer or producer prices. But right now, more and more warning signs about the deflationary economy, yet it's the price part of it rather than the labor market that seems to be showing up the most. In fact, I think I just said this yesterday. Yet right now, the deflationary economy is more about the prices than it is about the labor oddly enough. So I think I'm gonna have to amend what I said yesterday because today we got the major report, the big one, the payroll report came in. And while it was the headline was robust, I think there's more labor data that's lining up with at least recession that will lead into a deflationary recession than there is labor market data that suggests the economy is doing what the establishment survey or the main payroll number suggests. Now, most people who have lives, essentially get their, their perception of the real economy from a few uh, major data points and indications, things like the stock market or occasionally GDP. But really, it's the unemployment rate and the headline payroll survey number that they actually look at. And when they look at those and they see, well, it's running around 300,000 and you talk about a deflationary economy, it's understandable why they would say, what the hell are you even on about? So we got to break down the labor market numbers to sort out what's really going on in the real economy because not all the payroll reports, not all the payroll figures are representative of, of what it must be like out there. And let's start with the good part. Let's start with the numbers that look nothing like recession. That would of course be the establishment survey, which rose 339,000 in the month of May, which is a pretty big one. That was up from 294,000, which was revised higher in April, in March, which was also revised plus 217. So according to the main payroll numbers, the economy, the jobs market in particular, has accelerated since March. Because as we know, banking crisis, credit crunch, commercial real estate woes, all of those things, they just scream out, hire more workers inventory cycle, falling, new orders all across manufacturing, service providers doing layoffs. Yeah, since March, more workers. And it's even, I mean, it's even in the private payroll figures too. Private payrolls were up 283 in May compared to 253 in April and 157 in March. So again, the private economy is supposedly accelerating. You know who doesn't agree with that the interpretation or that direction for the data? That would be the entire rest of the payroll reports, starting with the unemployment rate and going from there. So we got the establishment survey suggesting the economy and labor market accelerating, and we've got everything else going in the opposite direction, recession, even deflationary recession. But before we get into that, first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodal University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodoll University has memberships available where we have exclusive content about the monetary system, what it means, what it is, how it works, how it doesn't work. We've got research subscriptions, a daily briefing I contribute to marketsinsiderpro.com. That's a research bundle with Tracy Schuchard and Steven Van Meter. I also do a daily deep dive analysis that's at the Eurodollar University website, where we dive deep into all of these things real inflation monetary consequences what these things mean for today as well as tomorrow and maybe next year if we're lucky all the information available for you at eurodollar.university where the establishment survey headline payrolls are firmly on the side of hey the economy is doing really well and accelerating we need more rate hikes mr powell The unemployment rate, the other other key statistic that most people follow, well, that jumped up in the month of May. Though I'm hesitant to say the unemployment rate right now is moving toward recession or in that recession camp, it at least did something contrary to what the establishment survey does. And the reason it did that was because the the, uh, unemployment rate comes from the household survey. The unemployment rate went from 3.4%, which was another one of those more than 50 year lows, all the way to 3.7% in May. And the reason it went up was because of two things, because remember, this is a numerator and a denominator. And and there's two parts of the equation here. There's the number of people who are unemployed and the number of people who are seeking employment. That's the labor force. The labor force increased a little bit in May. It was up just 130,000 after falling 43,000 in April. But it was the Household Survey measure of employment that really stands out here and that really spiked the unemployment rate. The Household Survey suggests that the number of employed persons in the U.S. economy fell and fell rather sharply, unusually sharply, in the month of May. Rather than accelerate, the household survey has been e- decelerating and is now contracting at a fairly fairly big number, at least for one month. That big number was minus 300, 310,000 compared to plus 139, not a good number in April. So two bad months in a row. But that was following two other months February and March where the household survey in particular full-time jobs as we've noted here were just off in la-la land so the household survey at minus 310,000 that's an unusually low number in fact before last year we didn't see many negative numbers in the household survey at all certainly not something like 200 minus 300,000 then all of a sudden the Household Survey started to show more and more negative numbers, and then they disappeared. Supposedly, I don't know, the labor market, according to the BLS, started to get hot again toward the end of last year. Now maybe it's cooling off again. So do we do we trust the Household Survey? Because now it's it's it, it looks like it's isolating those few months at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, certainly for full-time jobs. I wouldn't trust it just yet, but at least it shows that it's not; it's doing the exact opposite of what it's, its counterpart, the establishment survey is suggesting. That's also true of full-time jobs, full-time jobs which are part of the household survey. Those fell by 23,000 after rising 161,000 the month before. So two, again, two months in a row that are more like last year than the preceding couple months. And it really, For full-time jobs, as well as the household survey, it really was that February-March period. Not really sure what that was. Were they trying to catch up seasonal adjustments? Uh, Unclear at this point. But as I said, since March, the household survey is going this way. The establishment survey is going that way. The unemployment rate, because it comes from the household survey, that's going up, which is more recession, or at least the initial stage of recession, consistent with that idea. The real big one here is the hours worked, and that's back in the establishment survey. So we're back in the CES data along with the headline payroll numbers. Just like the household survey measure of employed, the establishment survey measure of hours worked is decidedly recession at this moment. Remember what we said yesterday about the ISM in particular, how companies are holding out They're waiting, they understand that business is soft, the economy isn't great, but it isn't falling off a cliff just yet. And they believe, they believe, they wanna believe. They're optimistically hopeful that there will be a rebound in the second half or that at least it won't get worse from here. And so because of that, as the ISM has pointed out several times so far this year, despite weakness and softness in the economy, despite weakness and softness in their own business, they're not ready to fire their workers yet. What they said yesterday was companies are managing outputs to better match demand for the first half of 2023, that's the softness, but pre- and prepare for growth in the late summer, early fall period. That's the second half rebound. However, there's clearly more business uncertainty in May, which suggests that companies are getting a little bit, a little bit nervous and anxious about whether or not there can be a second half rebound, and who can blame them? Because things continue to get worse, not stabilize or get better. As we see in the labor data, and as we're going to see in the rest of the labor data, more suggest exactly what the ISM is talking about. Companies are having to make adjustments, but they're not willing just yet to go to that final conclusive step, which is the mass layoffs. Back in the CES, the establishment surveys, the index of total private hours was down yet again in May. That was down for the fifth time in the last seven months. So again, that's the opposite of what we're expecting with an accelerating headline payroll number. Not only that, since the big jump in January, which showed up in a lot of the labor data, but since January, so four months now, we've got February, March, April, and May, which includes obviously March, April, and May, which... Establishment survey thinks everything's accelerating. The hours worked part of the establishment survey data says the economy is contracting. Not by a lot, but by enough that it's consistent only with recession. Going back to January, the hours worked seasonally adjusted, the seasonally adjusted hours work index is down 0.2%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but hours worked especially given population growth, especially given just nominal increases all across the board in a normal environment, or even a weak and soft environment, a negative number over a four month period is exceptionally rare because that's not how economies operate. And four month period is long enough where you start to say, okay, one month, one month, or maybe two months in a four month period or two months in a six month period, that could be a statistical fluctuation. That can be in a whole number of things. But, a, but down altogether in the aggregate 0.2%, to be down by any amount over a four month period, that, stand, that stands out, especially since this is establishment survey data. How rare is that on a four month basis? Well, the data goes back to uh, before 2008, I think 2006. So it doesn't go, the, this current data series doesn't go back that far, but that's enough of a survey. I mean, we're talking about 17 years here. And in those 17 years, Only twice have the hours work index been down on a four-month basis and it has not been a declared recession. The last time was May of 2016, which, if you recall, was nearly a recession. In fact, it was a recession in a lot of respects. So that's not a good comparison. And the one before that, October 2007, not in the Great Recession, but certainly heading toward it. So the hours index falling on a four-month basis at the very least is consistent with an economy in a very unusually weakened state, not one that is accelerating up into more inflation that the Federal Reserve is going to have to do something about. That's not what's going on here, and that's not really what inflation is all about anyway. Because the amount of hours worked is actually being trimmed down a bit, which again tells you that companies are making adjustments to their workforce, even if they're hiring more workers, some of them are at least working their workers less. Even though they're not cutting jobs, maybe they're hiring few, maybe some are hiring, maybe some are not. Either way, in the aggregate, hours worked are declining a little bit, which means weekly pay has to go down too. Or do- weekly pay the rate of change, the rate of increase in weekly pay has to go down. Weekly pay isn't contracting. It's just slowing down by a lot. Um, In the unadjusted series of average weekly earnings of production and non-supervisory employees, weekly pay was up just 2.6% on a year-over-year year basis. That's the weakest annual increase since December of 2019. you got to go back to 2019 to find something like that. Now, the seasonally adjusted data suggests it was four-something percent, a little bit over four percent. That's still slowing down, but either way, if we're going to use a four-month basis to match the hours data, what you see is that weekly average weekly earnings are up just 0.7 percent since January. Again, What appears to be happening is that businesses are reacting to the softening economy by cutting back workers, controlling costs, not by firing a lot of workers, but by managing how much they have to lay out each and every week. So fewer hours available for workers. and I mean, the average weekly hours went down to 34.3, which is a new low. So making adjustments heading, you know, making adjustments that are consistent with an economy that is heading toward recession. There are a couple other cyclical indicators in terms of specific industries that are experiencing not quite job losses, but right on the edge of those. And again, these are in the establishment survey. Talking about manufacturers, of course, manufacturing Manufacturing jobs, manufacturing companies have been under severe pressure. That's what the ISM was talking about. The inventory cycle is leading to fewer orders. We've been talking about backlogs and the PMIs, especially at the regional feds, which says that there's, their companies are working through the existing business they have. At the same time, they're not getting new business. The time is coming when they're gonna have to make adjustments here. They're gonna have to make choices about their labor force. The CES data for manufacturing shows that time is just about now. Manufacturing employment fell just by a slim amount, minus 2,000 in May, was up 10,000 just a little bit in April, was down minus 12,000 in March, was up 3,000 in February. So again, over these same four months, manufacturing employment has ground to a halt, which consistent with all the PMIs that have gotten materially worse since then. Another key cyclical industry, wholesale. Wholesaler, as you know, if you've been following me on this channel or in any of the research descriptions or anywhere else, wholesale inventories have been the biggest of the inventory problems. So it makes sense that wholesalers are thinking about maybe cutting back on their employment too, but not quite there just yet. Now wholesale jobs didn't decline, but really going back to November, when we still really started to see the downturn in the inventory cycle, Wholesale jobs are up just 32,000 over these past seven months. That compares to a 102,000 increase in the seven months before that. And in the seven months before those seven months, the increase was 181,000. You can see on the chart how clearly wholesale employment has turned a corner. Like manufacturing, it's not contracting, but it's just they're at the decision point. Manufacturers and wholesalers And you got to believe those are just the tip of the iceberg. Other companies in the same position are thinking, other companies outside of education and healthcare in those sectors, but cyclical indicators, cyclical industries, what they're looking at is exactly what the ISM said. We're hoping the soft patch takes care of itself. We're hoping the Fed gets into its paws and takes its pressure off the real economy. Not that that's how it actually works, because it isn't. That's what businesses are faced with. They're faced with falling in it's falling revenues, shrinking profits, but still unwilling to go the, the final step and cutting workers. But all of the labor data, apart from the headline establishment survey, suggests that moment is here. If it's not here this month or next month, certainly at this during the summertime, which is where the markets are really focused on. The decision point, the point of no return, the point of giving up on the second half rebound, it's all over the labor data, even the unemployment rate. It's just not in the headline payroll report. Not yet. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you Eurodollar University subscribers, Markets Insider Pro Research subscribers, and of course... All our Eurodollar University members, huge thank you, sincere thank you. Until next time, take care.